I'm Bridget Owens, and you're listening to the Waxing Soul Podcast, where we dig deep into the nuance of magical and spiritual concepts. It's January 5th, 2023, and on today's episode, we'll discuss the difference between spiritual belief and delusion. Are you ready to grow your soul? Happy New Year! I hope everyone had the type of New Year's Eve that they wanted and that you're coming into 2023 feeling amazing. Um, now, in case it's gone unnoticed, <laughs> I don't always get my podcast episodes posted on the days that they are supposed to be posted because, you know, I'm doing this all on my own at this point, and it's just not in my nature to be that consistent with things. I think I'm doing really well to have been as consistent as I've been with this for three years. And what happens is that sometimes, you know, I've got a topic picked out that, you know, when it comes into my head and I put it on the list, I am totally sure that it's going to be something that I have lots to say about, totally something that needs to be talked about. And then when I sit down to write, it just doesn't flow. And for this episode's topic, I had something entirely different picked out. I'd I'd noted it down probably like well over a month ago. And I'd made some notes, kind of extrapolating on what I wanted to say about the topic, which, you know, if you're curious, was about how shadow work and spiritual authenticity relate to how vulnerable a person is to getting, you know, drawn into like cult-like groups and ideas. Uh, Anyway, sometimes when I start writing, it eventually works itself out. And it's just a matter of getting in the right frame of mind. But this one... As much as I tried, it just wouldn't come together. And and I fought it for, like, well, more than a week. uh, To the point where I was past the date when it should have been recorded and posted. And I was still trying to write just, you know, enough for just this first segment. segment. I, I don't know why it took me so long to just throw in the towel and change topics. But I kept pushing on that original idea until I finally was doing some back and forth, making some video content on uh, TikTok. And realized that there was like all this stuff bouncing around in this discussion that I had so much to say about and that I really should just replace the topic for the podcast and talk about this instead. Uh, so at the risk of sounding, you know, what the kids these days are calling chronically online, one of the key topics of discussion in my neck of the digital woods lately has been something called spiritual psychosis. Um, In short, people are sharing their experiences of getting into spiritual ideas, following the ideas of of especially the big sort of spiritual self-improvement gurus and such, uh, which have led them into states of psychosis, even even to being suicidal. Uh, Some giving, you know, examples of like people they know who have died because they were convinced that some big earth shifting event was about to happen or because they gave up so much in their lives to prepare for something that they were told was coming or whatever. And then and then it didn't happen, that sort of thing. You know, people becoming convinced that they were the embodiment of various spiritual entities, etc. And it's, you know, of course, there's there's pushback from creators who are in these circles who teach some of these things who are being called out as being the problem or a big part of the problem, leading people into spiritual psychosis you know, with the ideas that they're teaching, and as you might be able to predict already, I feel like there's a lot of nuance being missed in the conversation. You know, some people have already pointed out that spiritual psychosis isn't really a thing. It's not a diagnosis. And 
I'm not sure what separates spiritual psychosis from just, you know, garden variety psychosis. It it doesn't feel to me like the details of the delusions are really relevant when it comes to actual psychosis. But that's kind of the problem too, right? When it comes to spirituality and spiritual ideas, how are we defining delusion? How how do we separate spiritual belief from delusion? Because if we're being totally honest, all spiritual thought is at some level a delusion. Like it, it's at some level not strictly true. And I'm and I'm not just playing some sort of you know devil's advocate position here or picking at technicalities and semantics. Religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, the reason we separate them out from our understanding of material reality in a in a scientific, logical, material sense is because they are either outside or beyond our factual understanding of reality. We we wouldn't call it belief if it were fact. The whole nature of religion and spirituality, the way we think of them in modern times at least, it, is that they deal in the unprovable, the supernatural, the the transcendent. You know, this this is a line that we have drawn very deliberately in modern western society to the point that I actually want to kind of make everyone think really deeply about this if you haven't ever really noticed it. We have internalized the need to draw a line between what is provable, scientific, strictly real, and what is unprovable, supernatural, spiritual, to the point that we have a hard time affirming spiritual and religious beliefs as a culture without doing all kinds of mental gymnastics to find scientific proof, however flimsy or misrepresented, to try and drag those particular ideas across the line. You know, growing up Christian, there was this like weird simultaneous distrust of the scientific community because of, you know, all the ways that science refuted our beliefs and embracing of any tiny shred of archaeological evidence that something, you know, referenced in the Bible was documented as real. And if you if you look at a lot of new age spiritual ideas, they are essentially stripped down versions of spiritual concepts and practices mostly taken from like Asia and Central America and such, wrapped up in usually distorted scientific concepts to kind of lend them Western cultural legitimacy that those practices don't have in their original forms. And one of the main criticisms of spiritual beliefs and practices, even from other, you know, spiritual people that you're likely to hear is the accusation that they, you know, believe that what they believe doesn't make sense. It isn't logical. It it isn't supported by science. It isn't real. It's, you know, that that's part of how I ended up where I'm at with my own practice, because at some point I absolutely felt the dissonance between believing in science, being a skeptic, being grounded in our, you know, current understanding of reality, and yet being drawn to spirituality and magic and needing to know why. It was this deep dive into why I felt that way, why spirituality was even a thing that humans still seemed to need. And it's, you know, I often have these like spiritual epiphanies where 
I realized something about an important dynamic and <laughs> and then I had this kind of <laughs> this thing of feeling like I've stumbled on something really valuable that I need to share and then also wondering if everyone else realized this already and I'm just behind. <laughs> and this is one of maybe the absolute biggest ones. And I've kind of just brushed through it before. It it's that we hold the concepts of truth and reality in a much different regard than our ancestors did. And this is one of the ways in which we do that. We have, we have decided that absolute certainty, scientific truth, etc., are the highest level of importance and relevance. While everything below, all of the instances where we operate on belief or trust or faith or intuition are lesser. And while we kind of think that this means we disregard things that are demonstrably false, which is one of the key characteristics of a delusion, right? It's, that's not the case. What it, what it means in practice in modern society is that when we are unwilling, for whatever reason, to let go of a belief, we will do anything necessary to justify it with, with, with anything that seems like proof or evidence. And I kind of challenge everyone listening to do some introspection and examination and look at ways in which, rather than lean on proof, to guide you to certainty, you've done the other way around and prioritized your inner certainty and then gone back to try to back it up with proof. And this is, we, we talked about the dynamic a little bit from a different angle a while back, the difference between top-down and bottom-up thinking. Anyway, if you look at how prevalent that is to shore up our spiritual and religious beliefs and ideas with whatever distorted science and fact we can find while leveling accusations of things like spiritual delusion or psychosis at those who believe other things, it's easy to see how this isn't really an, an issue of prioritizing things we can prove at all. It's not about delusion or truth or the legitimacy of belief at all. For year three of the Waxing Soul podcast, my goal is to bring you not just my spiritual point of view, but to connect with a wide variety of authentic spiritual thinkers. If you're interested in being a guest and sharing your own path, practice, and approach to authentic individual spirituality, go to BridgetOwens.com slash podcast to apply. I've come upon a really interesting debate a few times over the years about whether or not it's actually possible to choose what we believe. Is, is it possible to just decide not to believe something you've held as true or to choose to believe something that doesn't meet whatever internal standard you have? And the first time I heard someone posit that you can't choose your beliefs, it was kind of mind-blowing to me. I mean, I've changed my beliefs about all kinds of things over the years, right? Spiritually, politically, ethically. And, and it had never really occurred to me to question whether those changes were decisions I made or if there was a more complicated dynamic at work. Now, when I've seen this pop, you know, discussion pop up, it's generally in the context of like where someone has argued that there is a, a way of believing that someone else just needs to basically decide to adopt. Like non-Christians need to just choose to believe in Jesus, for instance. And it's an interesting concept, the idea that any of us can just simply decide 
to adopt a belief whenever we want to. And I've not yet seen any evidence or argument that would support the idea that we can just choose to believe something that doesn't meet some kind of personal standard that we have for evidence or persuasion. You know, what what happens when our beliefs change is that something about the evidence and argument for what we believe changes. Like maybe new information or experience comes into play. Maybe the, the sources that you trusted are shown to be less trustworthy, whatever. So something changes your inner calculation of whether it makes sense to believe whatever it is. There is a, a constantly shifting, constantly recalculated series of equations going on in our subconscious, which can result in a completely different evaluation of reality as we age and change and evolve. It, you know, it's a hugely powerful thing. This is this is how we can have single experiences that seem to completely rewrite, rewrite our understanding of life and our place in the universe. Like some of the most impactful and useful books I've read as far as, you know, understanding magic and deepening my practice have actually been on stuff like persuasion and the subconscious mind because this whole issue of belief is is integral to how magic works. So much of it is leveraging and kind of for lack of a better term, hacking our subconscious to change our perception of reality, our experience of reality, learning to convince ourselves of something, you know, to shift that complex calculus, which determines the mix of beliefs on which we operate. And talking before about how modern culture puts this kind of false emphasis on truth and proof, we also put a huge amount of emphasis culturally on belief. We do this to the point where our professed beliefs are part of how we define our identity and how others judge us. I mean, that's why we do the thing where we align with a belief and then scramble to find proof for it after the fact. The, the importance of having not just a belief, but like an unshakable belief, a, a faith. The importance that we've put on that actually has everything to do with how we define what is acceptable belief and what is unacceptable belief or delusion. Because, and yes, we should acknowledge here <laughs> that I am talking about this in a, uh, not in a clinical or diagnostic way. I'm not talking about what a mental health professional would label as a delusion or not a delusion. You know, words do get used in a everyday uh, colloquial ways, <laughs> which are absolutely valid. But the, the fact that we as a culture put a huge amount of importance on having especially spiritual beliefs, specific worldviews uh, and concepts about universal power structures and if there's a meaning to life and what we're expected to do, the importance we put on that creates a foundation for the structure we use to determine what we think is delusional. It's not the only foundation, but it is, I think, a huge part of it because A, it creates pressure to have something, to have a, a belief that holds up to that, like a, a strong enough belief in some world-defining thing that you can use as, as a label, as part of an identity. And B, it then demands that your identity-worthy belief system 
be one that is acceptable and makes sense to others. Like our need to hold strong beliefs is, those beliefs are cultural currency. And there's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you've had at least some period in your life where you didn't want to talk about what you believe around other people because you knew that it would be challenged and ridiculed and that you would probably face some level of social consequence for your beliefs. And it's not that we just think as a culture, as a society, that it's important for people to believe something. It's important to believe the right things to the point where this becomes a larger cultural discourse, right? The like, you know, what stops atheists from committing murder kind of thing. It, it, that kind of discourse where it's an effort to determine on a societal level what is acceptable belief and what is not acceptable belief. And the thing is, that covers quite a lot of things that, to a point, get declared generally delusional in a colloquial sense. It's, it's a judgment of a person as not just believing things which are demonstrably not true, it's a person believing things which are not the subjective truth that the larger group or culture believes. So when we point to certain spiritual beliefs as crossing the line into delusion, and don't get me wrong, I do think delusion is a real thing and that not all beliefs, whether they're spiritual beliefs or not, are harmless and fine. But when we decide that some form of belief is delusion rather than just belief, there's a question there we should be asking about how much of our judgment comes from our unexamined cultural biases. Like how much are we just saying, you know, that thing that you believe is really weird and it's not good to stray that far outside the boundaries of acceptability. <laughs> how much are we assuming that these beliefs are actually just a choice on their part, regardless of the reality that, you know, real beliefs aren't something we simply choose. And in fact, is what we are really determining actually just the extent to which their internal calculus of what makes sense and what is worthy of belief is, is just out of alignment with our own. And I also think it's very much worth doing some internal digging about whether we overestimate our own ability to choose what we believe, given that our cultural need to have strong beliefs, to have, you know, especially strong spiritual beliefs to guide us, also equates to a moral test. Like, are we being impacted by this deep programming that says, if there's a correct way or a category of better ways to think about the world, you know, better beliefs to have, then considering those beliefs something we've chosen makes holding those beliefs an act of moral superiority, as opposed to acknowledging that we, we don't really choose to believe them. There's just a complex combination of life experience and collection of knowledge and cultural programming and network of relationships and a zillion other things, which has resulted in these particular beliefs checking the most subjective internal boxes. Like spiritual beliefs is, belief is such a, a complex issue. We just like to, you know, simplify it down to personal choice because then it can be worn as a badge of honor of choosing the right thing. And the declaration of a belief to be actually a delusion is then mostly about des you know, designating those ideas as so unacceptable that the only way a person would 
or could choose to hold them is if they were less than sane. The Waxing Soul is just a small part of what I do, so while you're listening to the rest of the episode, hop over to my website and connect with me online. BridgetOwens.com is the central hub for all my projects, including books, card decks, videos, downloads, courses, and more. Also find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as Bridget Owens Magic. So what about literal spiritual delusions? You know, are, are there beliefs that we can sort of objectively designate or at least largely agree are delusional and not just weird or unusual beliefs? And if we can, which I think, I mean, yes, I think there is such a thing as delusion and it's not just when people don't believe things that we think make sense. So, so what determines the difference? And I actually went poking around on the internet to see what this sort of agreed upon point of differentiation might be. And one that I came across had to do with kind of adjacent to what I was saying before about the culturally agreed to beliefs. Basically, the idea it can be, you know, can still be as far off from, you know, objective, provable reality as it wants. But it's not a delusion if it's shared by others in that person's culture which is just a roundabout way of making concessions, I think, to the vast landscape of cultural, spiritual, and religious belief. It's just the concession made by a pur- you know, purportedly science-grounded culture in the face of rightful critiques about being oppressive and destructive to other cultures' religious traditions. And I honestly don't find that to be very, um, very genuine as a description of how we really think. Because even that stance, that position, that if it's a belief shared by the rest of a culture, it's not a delusion. I mean, you can, you can hear the silent technically in there, right? <laughs> it's one of those exceptions that prove the, proves the rule thing. We wouldn't have to qualify this cultural exception to the concept of delusion if there wasn't already a blanket assumption that most spiritual or religious ideas were otherwise delusional. <laughs> Which then, you know, if you follow that thread down very far, you start to get doused in colonized thinking. Like the idea that it's okay for other more primitive cultures to believe delusional things and, and we shouldn't be so rude as to openly criticize them for that. Let them have their delusions. But if But we don't believe those crazy things because we have science and logic and are advanced and evolved. And I hope everyone can kind of hear the problematic thinking there. So if delusion isn't different from belief because of culture, what other ideas are there? I think we can't really even argue that the difference is whether other people believe it. Because if a delusional person is persuasive and charismatic, then it's, I mean, that's how cults work, right? getting others to buy in on one's person, you know, one person's delusion. So I think the answer has to be found in the content of the beliefs and how they line up with other things. So for instance, some people define a delusion as a belief which isn't just not provable or in contradiction to objective evidence, but it contra- you know, contradicts that person's pre-existing belief system. So For instance, someone who professes strong spiritual or religious beliefs, but then 
adopts beliefs which are far outside the bounds of those belief systems, like moving them farther outside acceptable types of belief. But still, for me, that's not quite satisfactory as an answer, you know, because we're, we're still falling back on this idea that the more socially acceptable a spiritual or religious idea is, the more correct it is. And I think that the whole direction, you know, that whole direction of, of trying to draw the line, just at some point we have to acknowledge that, you know, lots of things are possible but not proven. Like our collective knowledge only goes so far in defining reality. And when we talk about someone being delusional, I think what we're really trying to get at is not the rationality of their beliefs, but the impact those beliefs are having on that person and the people around them. And for me, thinking about all this, you know, kind of underscores one of the core concepts in my own spiritual worldview, which is that belief isn't even the point of spirituality. That, that spirituality has a cultural function, that it serves as a way to bind us together with others who share our culture, that it gives us the keys to, to thriving in that culture. It's uh, the mechanism which shapes our relationships, which transmits the knowledge about what is important and what defines our identities and how to face and deal with the unique challenges that shape us as a culture. And that when we ignore all of that and reduce spirituality to a matter of believing the right thing, believing the most true thing, it no longer functions as spirituality. And the belief systems which are part of spiritual traditions only really function and have meaning within those traditions. And what I think discussions about the distinction between belief and delusion leave out is the way that delusional beliefs radically defy the social structures and authority structures within whatever cultural tradition. Like It's beliefs that go against the values and priorities that the culture holds dear. So, for instance, someone believing that God speaks to them isn't necessarily delusional. Like, there are plenty of traditions in which that is expected to happen. There's a, a sort of cultural protocol about it. There's a meaning and significance attached. There's language about how and why it happens. What makes such a belief delusional is the point at which it defies all of that. When someone professing that God speaks to them means that that person is claiming power or knowledge or authority that is in defiance of what the culture or tradition has come to understand as regular and beneficial for everyone. You know, when, when someone claims that God speaks to them and gives them messages that go against what God would be expected to say. You know, when those beliefs become a person's justification for acting in ways that their culture or tradition deem dangerous, harmful, blasphemous, etc. And I think that this plays out really clearly when we think about a lot of what gets called spiritual psychosis on social media. It's not that these people believe and spread things that are that far out from what other people believe. It's that those beliefs form an agenda which runs contrary to what the larger culture believes spirituality to be for, which is still a subjective judgment, right? I think, I think after all this, it's kind of, 
I don't think that there is an objective way, a clear way to delineate between belief and delusion. I don't, I don't think it's an objective concept. I think it's absolutely subjective. But so is reality, right? <laughs> and as a culture, as a society, where we decide to draw the line is one of the parameters by which we establish our understanding of reality. It's one of the definitions of culture and tradition. Each culture defines itself and its beliefs and worldview and identity by determining how far is too far. Thank you for listening. New episodes of The Waxing Soul drop every Thursday-ish. All materials and resources, except the music, are copyright Bridget Owens. Many thanks to my guests, listeners, friends, followers, mentors, inspirations, and my family for making the podcast possible, interesting, and fun. Join me next week for more, and until then, blessed be.